Hey there, nursing community. Welcome to a very, very special episode. A Christmas Eve special. Well, Eve Eve, right? We're here with Ben and a special guest, which we'll introduce in a little bit, but buckle up for an awesome episode. Christmas came a little early this year, That's fellas. Right. It's, uh, is it two male nurses? Is it two male nurses? Perhaps it's no. more. It's three male nurses. Three male nurses. Tonight is three male for you. It's three male nurses coming at you tonight. Hey there, nursing community. Welcome back to the episode. And as we said, a very special episode. Three male nurses. Three male nurses. So we, this, this, is this is Ben here. We had the pleasure of meeting another male nurse uh, he, he, the new local big boy in town, his name, well, we're actually going to have him introduce himself to you. He had the pleasure of meeting this fella, uh, two weeks ago now, pretty sweet story how we met him and we're just going to have him hop in. Uh, go ahead, man. Tell us, tell us uh, your name and a little bit about yourself. Hey guys, my name is David. I'm, uh, I am now going to be an SRNA. So I, uh, I am originally from the East Coast, moved out to like the middle of the U.S. and everything and started working in the, in the ICU after school and just got accepted about maybe nine days ago, I think. So I'm Dude, pretty stoked. Noise. Dude, congratulations. Yeah. Big congratulations. Dude, what kind of a hospital were you working at? So I, the ICU that I work at, it's a general um, ICU, sort of like a NICU, I think sometimes they're people refer to it yeah. as cool so yeah, and then uh, what nice. was the size of the hospital approximately size of the hospital is about i want to say somewhere between two to three hundred beds okay. correct was it a yeah, trauma so it's, not, it's not a really big hospital yes yes it is a trauma hospital cool um i want to say level level two trauma if i'm correct and then, how long you been a nurse for so i've actually been a nurse for about three and a half years I started working originally actually in like a rehab unit and I worked there for about like a year mm -hmm. and just get my feet wet. And then I worked on like more of a step down unit and then I got into the ICU after that. And I've been in the ICU for about a year and a half, basically since COVID hit. So nice. right I think on. it's a good time to transition over to the ICU. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. There's some sick patients with COVID. Yeah. So absolutely. before you applied to, before you applied to school, did you, did you take any certifications or any extra classes or anything? Yeah, so when I was, I, I wasn't really in a rush to get into the ICU right away because I wanted to take, uh, a lot of the schools I noticed, some of them wanted you to have biochem or ochem or things like that. So I decided to take some of those chem classes and get those out of out of the way mm -hmm. and just take my time and really try to like learn those. So I I took the, the nursing program that I was with, it just required like a basic general chem class, right? And but then to get into some like OCHEMs and things like that, you need to like real Gen Chem. Mm. So I had to take two semesters of Gen Chem and then I took, I started taking one semester of OCHEM and then, then the pandemic hit. And that's about like when I switched over to the ICU anyways. And they started doing like online classes. So I sort of stopped. I said, you know, I have OCHEM. I don't need BioCHEM some places say one or the other. And I really did not want to take the GRE. I mean, I know in, I know in previous podcasts of your guys, you guys were like the dreaded GRE test, and I did not want to do that. So I was like, there's no way I want to take that test. Oh, so so, you, did, so you didn't end up taking the GRE? No, I, I looked for every school that did not require the GRE. And there's like more schools now that are like not requiring it. So yeah. I'm like, 
sweet you know very cool very cool yeah i'm glad you shared that okay cool so tell us about uh well tell us how you met how did how did we meet so I know I actually. How, how did we meet? You tell them, dear. You tell us so much better, right? <laughs> yeah, tell us. Okay, so I I was I like listening to podcasts. You know, I like listening to like sports podcasts and like um, podcasts about like science and stuff and and whether it's like immunology or like critical care and anesthesia and things like that. I just like listening to podcasts because you know I commute and things like that, or yeah. I'm like folding laundry. I like listen to something. So I, I was trying to find like good anesthesia podcasts and I couldn't really find like ones that I could sort of relate to pretty well and sort of like also learn at the same time. And then literally like, I want to say two weeks before my interview, I was, I was a part of a Facebook group called, I think you guys talked about it on one of your podcasts. It was, it's called the CRNA school prep Academy. And I, on the Facebook group, somebody was asking about different podcasts that they could listen to. And somebody said two male nurses. And I was like, oh, I, I had never heard of that one because I, I thought I looked through all of them. And then I listened to it. And I was like, dude, you guys are pretty chill. Like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think it was like I listened to one episode. And then like one of the very next days, you guys had like this special or you guys talked about preparing for your interview and then it and then i was listening to it and i looked closer and i saw it said the first 10 people that reach out will get a, a, an interview and i was like oh shoot i better email so i i emailed you guys responded like right away and then i was talking to ben about it and andrew and everything and then uh ben and i we scheduled a time to do like a mock interview type thing and it was awesome it was really good so sweet man okay yeah well that that is basically it so he he hit us up we uh we did a mock interview and um uh, you know we had a pretty good time and he uh, david verbalized that he was um you know i just we just kind of planned hopefully hey if you get in whenever you do get in uh let's get on the podcast let's rumble three male nurses it's gotta you know you get, gotta rumble three male nurses so dude good <laughs> glad to have you here um we so the we actually had an email um kind of transitioning here a little bit where we had an email uh from a from one of the listeners his name is brandon uh, brandon had reached out to us asking us to talk about presidex um pretty cool medication uh rarely used really anywhere except for icu um just actually my last assignment travel nursing i we had in the er and there was like eight nurses there and no one had even seen it before so just like very unique medication uh we had uh told uh we had told david hey if you want to just Check out Presidex a little bit, Wall Rumble, talk about it, what we've our learned and experienced, and uh, hopefully give a better picture to Brandon and any other listeners that are interested in Presidex. Yeah. So, Dude, totally. I mean, hey, Brandon, I'm just put you on the spot a little bit. Do you mind just telling us a little bit about Presidex? Your, yeah, just like your experience. Your experience with it, where you saw it used, what you know about the drug, and we'll go from there. Yeah, so Presidex... I really never saw it. It was sort of like how you're saying. I really only saw it used in the ICU. And then when I um, shadowed, like in the OR, right? Mm-hmm. And I I know now sometimes, like the hospital I'm working at, now they're allowing them to use it on the floors a little bit, um, but not really that much. It's because they, sometimes they just really don't know how to use it all that much. Right. Um, and Presidex, I know from what I studied and how 
I know that it works. It's really selective to the like alpha two receptors and it's an alpha two agonist. And then it can like provide some sedation, but it really doesn't cause like respiratory depression like a lot of your other drugs do. And that's like one of like the main if somebody the the best part about Presidex, at least in my opinion, that it doesn't cause that respiratory depression, but we still can have that, you know, um sedation effect. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And it's it it also I I've seen like on articles that I've read and just on like YouTube videos that I've watched about Prestavex, it can also cause like analgesic properties. Yeah. But I, totally, I usually don't totally. think of it as, as that. Because usually I think of it more sedation, you know, yeah. but it can do that. I've never given it to somebody and somebody say, Oh yeah, my pain's gone away. You know, I usually you know, usually we just use it for, you know, we're trying to like wean somebody off the vent and we don't want to have them on, you know, like propofen or something like that that could like cause them to, you know, not be on, you know, to not be calm and everything while yeah. also trying to like wean them off of them. So. All right. So next question, well, big picture. Yeah. Let's talk about, let's talk about big picture. Like, like, uh, what is the meat and taters? Let's the talk nuts about, and bolts. Yeah. What's exactly what you need to know? Like, I mean, okay. You know, all the, get the fancy talk. Okay. Let's say Presidex. What's the one thing that we're giving Presidex for? If, if someone like, you know, in six months, what's the one thing you want to remember for this podcast? What are we giving Presidex for? Sedation. Sedation. So we can go from twice as tough to soft wrist restraints. Totally. It's almost like that. It, and it's, it's – yeah. It's, it's, he's, you said – I mean uh, David said, the, we, okay, we don't want to give him prop and fent, but we still need to keep him calm. We give Presidex. Uh, we have seen with alcoholics. We give Presidex. Yep. We've seen it with people who are just a little anxious. You give Presidex. It's, yep. a, it's an anxiolytic. It's a, a gentle hypnotic. There's some analgesic effects. Uh, but it's, it is sedation. I, you got to think about it like sedation. Um, just because you, know, you, you don't push 10 mics and they like fall asleep in two seconds, right? right. Like it's not, it's not <laughs> milk of amnesia, a.k.a. Yeah. <laughs> propofol. Just because it's not like that doesn't mean it's not sedation. So yeah. Presidex, sedation. Biggest right. thing you want to think about, sedation. Um, what about... So we're talking about Prestex sedation. What's the big, Andrew? You, it's, I'm going to spitball this one at you. What's the biggest side effect that you want to watch out for? Okay, so you're hang, you're in yeah. the ER, you're in the ICU, you're working Prestex. No one knows what it is. You're like, oh, that's sedation. We're going to give it. We're going to okay. But what are we going to watch out for? For people who do not do not pronounce it properly. <laughs> that's what we're going to watch out yeah. for. So you're going to hold some uh, dexapetatomidine here. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, you roll your eyes. You yeah, know, they want us to hang some decadron. <laughs> this sounds weird for sedation. Yeah. yeah. Let's go ahead and oh, give gosh. it, right? Yeah. No. What's yeah. the biggest side effect? What yeah. do you watch out biggest for? Biggest side effect that we always see is a um, decrease in heart rate. Yeah. And so people that are already in some, you know, sometimes uh, AV dissociation blocks or already are at low heart rate or just whatever other, um, you know, at baseline having, you know, some bradycardia to be careful with it, you know. Totally. Um, and sometimes it's not immediately. After they've been off for a little while, you can start to see, oh, they were in the 70s, now they're in the 60s. Now we're in the 50s, 40s. Hey, no, right? We're not trying to get to that point, but it's something you have to be watching out for and just be cognizant of. And what do we know about when we have a decrease in heart rate? We'll have a decrease in what then? Well, I mean, you can have a decrease in cardiac output okay. straight off the equation, right? Yeah. But you, but it can lead to a well. There's different. There's conflicting literature on this, but we when we picked through it and david you can hop into if you heard anything differently but we've heard a transient 
uh, hypertension, which makes sense because you're having the bradycardia, your your uh, vasculature freaks out, like everything's slow, everything's slow, we're going to clamp down. You get this transient hypertension, right? Um, but what's interesting is that on some quiz questions and test questions, you'll see, well, it causes hypotension. And that makes sense. With the decreased cardiac output, you're going to have right. some hypotension. There's not as much fluid in the, in the pipe. But what we think is that the transient hypertension from the bradycardia is more when you push Presidex. Okay? Yeah, and, loading doses. And, and, do, right, and do we ever really push Presidex? Do we ever? As nurses, RNs, do we ever bolus Presidex? Where, where I worked, I haven't. No, what, about, what, about, what about you, David? You? I do not either. It was a strict so, no, no bolus. I have seen it done, um, and I worked with some nurses that have worked in other places, and they've done it. But I personally, like, I am not familiar with it enough, and we don't do it at our hospital, and I, I personally wouldn't. But yeah. a lot of places, a lot of CRNAs that I shadowed, oh, yeah, they push it all the time. Sorry. You know? No. Yeah. CRNAs totally. Well, that's, well, that's the, exactly. So C- <laughs> anesthesia does it all the time. Right. And it's funny. Every podcast, anesthesia gives the bolus dose, and they talk about yeah. bolusing it. They talk about, like, oh, yeah. you'll see some bradycardia, but, yeah, just give them a little slug of Prestix. Oh, bradycardia, oh, we'll give them an epidrip. You, like, yeah. cause the bradycardia, <laughs> then you fix it with an epidrip. Like, oh, yeah. Let's you know. Let's go. Hypotension. A slug of neo. How yeah, about that? Yeah, a slug of neo. Give, give the whole stick. Yeah, let's go exactly. have a coke. Patients, fine. Let's go grab a coke. You know, like it's all good. <laughs> Just chill about it. But as RNs, as just your BSN RN, even. CCRN, you're not going to bolus Presidex. Yeah, no. we always per the your pump has policy. it there. Like, yeah. do not bolus except upon initiation, and you know, so we you don't bolus it, and that's another thing to keep in mind. As an, as something again, when you're doing this, uh, it's not like propofol, it's not like Versed, it's not you know, the, uh, you're not going to bolus Presidex. So, right. hey, and uh, David, do you have any comment on the bradycardia with uh, with Presidex? Yeah, so I um, I have definitely seen bradycardia a lot. I've seen asystole one time oh, with it, wow. and that was I saw that once. And I mean, it was only for like it was it was very little. Like you know, came back immediately. Like once the drip was off, it was like just a few seconds later, and he he was back. But it was I saw that one time, and I did more research on that. And there are like a lot more research on. If you're just using like in the ORs, they've they've done some research on just using Presidex for analgesia and sedation as well, and they had to stop the the research they were doing because they had like some asystole and had to do CPR in the OR. Wow, so yeah, like it can a... definitely bradycardia mm-hmm. like is definitely something you want to be looking out for. So you hit it like the nail on the head right there. Yeah, it's... don't just be silencing the alarm the whole time. Actually, like maybe well maybe we need to stop this. Right? <laughs> totally right. And, like, <laughs> you yeah. know, oh silence. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> How do you treat the bradycardia? How do you treat the bradycardia from Presidex? You silence the monitor. <laughs> Go back exactly. to the nurses station and stop thinking about it. You know, yeah. no, it, it, I the, the bra- like, it, I mean the bradycardia. I the if you look the few there's a few places I've read where it says there's no there's no major there's no strict um not contraindication there's no strict um there's uh what's that word i can't remember the word um everything like cut off yeah like there's not a contraindication but uh and i can't remember the word let me look it up (laughs) i looked this up well while he's looking up is we know it definitely happens um but it's interesting because it's not like anything that's affected like are you know working directly on the heart and stuff but it is like you know in in sometimes like in response or in reflex to it um but dude 
going kind of bouncing off. Do you have the you have the word now? Absolute contraindication. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even close. So they they've said there's no absolute contraindication, but to me, like a heart block or like you know already pretty yeah. Brady, they're already in the 40s or something. You're not going to give them Presidex. Um, do they even you know even do they even need to be sedated if they're already you know, yeah, you're yeah. like looking at right. different things, but just Presidex. It's a sed it's a sedation. It's a major sedative, and then the major uh, thing you're gonna look out for bradycardia yeah cool absolutely cool yeah okay. no it's i mean it's also you know it's a very effective medication when it is um when we're using it in those situations and one something we haven't touched on yet but we were saying before you know for ventilator um sedation we were just reading that one article where it says not to be using presidex for more than 24 hours for ventilator sedation and I felt like we <laughs> always saw that. Yeah, that was did. the one we pushed for weeks. I don't know if it yeah. was like outdated or what, but I've yeah. also heard a lot of physicians and other people mention it as a like a ventilator weaning adjunct, right? Oh, or a yeah. patient needs a sedation oh, yeah. off. They cannot have the the um, respiratory depression of propofol or Versed or fentanyl, but hey, they, and they need them to be calm because they're like freaking out, right? A little bit yeah. of Presidex, they're, they're calm, right? And we can wean them more effectively and get that tube out. And it makes sense. I mean, if you're not weaning somebody for a week, right? right. Even no. though, like, we're saying, like, oh, we hang it for a while. But, like, when you think about, it, like, if they're on Presidex for a week, maybe they either need to go back on full support and more right. sedation or just, like, turn everything off yeah. and just, like, let them ride. Right. Um, uh, uh, so That's a very good point. For – just going to throw this out there too, especially if you don't see this medication super often. The dosing is kind of weird. It's a really small number on the pump, um, and so we the, the the one time we saw this hung up on the floor, um, the educator actually freaked out about it. And there's all this stuff going. The reason that was confusing because the nurse the the dosing is it varies. It's usually like point two to point seven. Or 1.5. Exactly. It'll go up to 1.5. Sometimes it'll say like, oh, 0.7 to 1.5. Start at 0.2, go up to 0.7 or 0.5 up to 0.7. And so the nurse thought it was 7. So she started at 7. She's like, ah, 0.7, that's too small. It's 7. So in your head, if you see a very small dose of Presidex, it's probably right. But the other thing is it goes in mics per kilo per hour. So they're not getting 0.7 mics of Presidex per hour, they're getting 0.7 per kilo, right? right? So <laughs> if you're even, let's say you're a little high, let's say you're at one, you're you know between 0.7 and 1.5, and you're at one, and then they're, you know, our usual patient like 70 kilos, right? I mean, they're getting a pretty big dose every hour. So just something to keep in mind with the dosing. If you see a small number on the pump, it's it's probably right, but it should be a small number. You're going at, you know, 0.3 mics per kilo per hour, whatever. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so just something to consider in your head there. I mean, because everything else, we're like, well, what's propofol? What do we get propofol at? You know, you it's like 40 or yeah. whatever, you 50, know. 100. Yeah, fentanyl. We get fentanyl. Oh, or they give it 300. Yeah, fentanyl. You go, <laughs> you know, fentanyl, you're going 150 an hour. So then you see Presidex, you're like, 0.3, that's not right. But, you know, it is. So just yeah. something, to, something to keep Dude, in mind. And something that, um, that, uh, that David was mentioning, how they're like kind of putting it out onto the floor, but maybe not. I have seen throughout all of COVID that the acuity was so high in the ICU that the step-down units and potentially even the floor, pretty rare the floor, but they were getting those precedent stripped, you know. And, it's, you know, during that time, they were just needing, you know, that 
higher acuity just you know even in the step down and all that but so it's good that you know you can be aware of this medication and be able to administer it safely totally and if you if you are in a step down floor maybe you have like five patients and you're giving presidex that's fine maybe just start it slow yeah you you just start it kind of slow and keep an eye on their telly have the tell the telly tech or whoever hey keep an eye on this heart rate and make sure make sure that this doesn't hit them that hard because you know, a lot of times it'll hit them really quick. You'll start the Presidex 0.3 and 10 minutes later, they're already in the 50s, high 40s. And those are the people you got to keep an eye on. Sometimes you start it, you're up at 1.5 and they're still rocking 100. Okay. So, it, uh, you know, it, even if you have a heavier patient load, don't freak out. If it's ordered, it's a very cool medication. It's very useful. Yeah. Uh, it's it's, it's going to work. It's really yeah. going to help your patient maybe just start it at a lower dose and see how it handles their heart rate. Better than pushing Ativan every 15 minutes. Yeah, you're no. not kidding, man. You're getting the waist and you're over there pushing it, you know, shooting yeah. it down. I mean, you know. So oh, man. don't want to do all that. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. that's just kind of the basics of Presidex, huh? Yes. Understanding Analg- it. Analgesic, yeah. uh, hypnotic, going to help you calm down. Right. Mm-hmm. Big heart rate. Yep. And then, yeah, just that low dosing. Then you go sit back down at the nurse's Maybe station. Maybe don't push it. Yeah, go play cards in the back or whatever. <laughs> whatever we do. Yeah. yeah, nurses who play cards or whatever. Yeah. Give the doctor his stethoscope back. Yeah. You know, the doctor's stethoscope. Yep. And then go yep. play some cards. Yeah. yeah. So, right. Did you anything, anything you want to add, David? Hey, thanks again for hopping on with us, Dude, bro. To this make this so good. This three like male nurses. Oh, three Dude. male nurses. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. I, I think you guys honestly hit everything like, like the nail on the head, honestly. So I think that, you know, if there are any other questions, you know, if Brandon or anybody else have any other questions, feel free to reach out. And they want some articles. I got some good articles and can try to explain that too. So if anybody has any questions, definitely reach out. So totally hit us up on the email. If you have any questions, if you want to see, hear those articles from David, uh, we can definitely float those your way. Yep. Or Um, on the gram. Yeah. Was it David? Uh, again, thanks so much for coming, man. We're, we are so stoked. We are stoked. You made it into CRNA school. Dude. I mean, it's just a huge epic. accomplishment. Epic, man. man. You made yeah. it. Um, thanks for taking some time out of your busy day. Uh, come hang out. It sounded like uh, you worked the last couple of days and you were willing to hop on and, and hang. Yeah. Um, Dude, you guys are awesome. I'm so stoked. <laughs> <laughs> the next time is three male SRNAs. Oh, that's <laughs> three male SRNAs. That's going to be the next podcast. <laughs> Was there anything else you wanted to add um, about anything? About, yeah, anything else? David? Um, I, I just want to say, you know, if anybody's thinking about going going into CRNA school, you know, you could do it. You know, everybody has different stories. And, you know, it's it's not easy, you know, trying to get into there. And sometimes people have a hard time getting to the ICU. Um, and I know it's, it's, it's really just a process. And everybody's process is different. You don't have to get in right away if that's not your plan, if that's not, you know, how, how it's supposed to go. But honestly, you can do it. And we're here to help if you need anything. So, dude, totally. absolutely, totally, man, you man, nailed that. We man. should, we should do this again. We'll yeah. do this again sometime. I, I, I oh yeah, the two, sure. two male nurses are staying, but I think I just lost my spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. So, anyways, hey man, dude. great to have you. Yeah. Uh, I hope you guys like this episode. Make sure to hit us up. Yeah. You got any questions or anything? Yep. We'll and, and we're, we'll try to keep the episodes coming. Yeah. We'll try to bring three male one. nurses. Three, three male nurses. Three male nurses. <laughs>